0: Hey guys, how's it going? This is Dan with uh, Mark on Unleashed. Um, Usually my stuff's kind of been a little boring here and there. Um, I talk about what's going on in the area. And and, uh, so this week's going to be a little different. Uh, If you've been following me, you know I did have some some death threats. Abnormal death threats, I guess you'd call them. um, Ones that have actually been activated on. So let's start out with the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, liberty, and justice for all. All right, so before we get rolling here, that's out of the way. Um, So Sunday, I did a parade in Thorpe, my first parade. Uh, If you guys are over in that area and you guys saw me, thank you very much for coming out. Um, It was kind of a semi-rainy day, but uh, a lot of people out there, and it was really fun. First time I walked down a parade route and shook hands and stuff like that. So you'll see me on more of them. Um, really good uh, reception from the people over there. One guy's like, hey, you know you're in Clark County? I said, yeah, but Chippewa County's right a mile or two away. So that's why I was there. Um, I'll probably be over in Stanley, Boyd, Cadott, Chippewa, all those parades. You'll see me walking around this summer. So, um, And again, if you guys want signs, stop in and get them at the shop. Or drop us a message if you want a big sign, we can definitely put them out in your yard or out in your field, along your fence line, wherever you want them, Um, up on a main thoroughfare, usually for the big ones, because those are about $60, $70 a piece. Um, And we'll get them out there for you. So last Friday, well, yeah, Friday, I was sitting uh, here at work and two Chippewa County deputies came in and looked at a couple items and nothing major, just kind of a little off-wall there in off-duty uniforms, or uh, basic polos. So they were detectives, and yep, came in, BSed a little bit, and then they left, and I was like, well, that's kinda weird. You know, we didn't talk about anything really, except some product, and that was it. Um, later on that night, I, w- I got off about five thirty, six 6 o'clock, and Tara and I went over to the sandbar to have uh, some dinner, and uh, worked on our house and stuff like that, and we were at the sandbar about 8.30, and phone rings, and it was uh, guys from Madison. And it was uh, an agent, Department of Justice special agent. And he introduced himself, and he said, you know why I'm calling? And I said, well, no, not not exactly. But I did see some county guys this morning, and, it, you know, you're not the ATF or anything, so, you know, what, what can I help you with? And they uh, asked if I had been watching the news. I said, no, you know, i not not a real big news person, really. And and uh, he's like, well, there was a, a murder, s- attempted suicide. And I said, oh, shit usually they'll call me up on that when there's a firearm involved and they might attract the firearm back to my shop and then they want to see who bought it and go from there. After, you know, when they bring in warrants and things like that. And I said, well, what, what can I do for you? And they're like, well, um, I asked them if they needed information on firearms, you know, if, you know, we're going to go down that route. And they said, nope, nope. Um, we, we have the firearm, you know, it wasn't bought at your store. And I'm like, okay, maybe the guy that, tried, that did the murder had been to my shop. That's usually how it goes. And, and the guy's like, nope. I said, okay, what, what's this about? And he said, well, your name was on a hit list that we found in the gentleman's car at the scene. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. Okay, like an active hit list. I mean, this guy just whacked somebody, and and now he suicide, tried to suicide himself, and he messed that up. But anyway... My name was on the list. I said, well, all right, am I in danger? And he said, well, we don't think so, but, you know, we'll talk to you more about it. It's an active investigation. We'll talk to you more about it next week. And I'm like, it's the weekend, dude. What do you mean next week? I go, come on out to the sandbar. We can go to my house. You know, I mean, we can talk about it, whatever I need. I just need to get a picture and stuff. He's like, well, we can't give you that at the moment and stuff. I'm like, okay, I understand the active investigation part. No problem. Sounds good. We'll talk to you Monday. Um, the next day, I had a message from an investigative reporter from Madison on Facebook, and she reached out to me and told me a bunch of information. Um, she said that through their investigation and through her contacts in the source, wherever it was, that there was also two other gentlemen that were on, the li- that were on um, his communication list. Not his list, but other communication lists. I was like, so there's two other guys out there that you know of. And she's like, well, that we think we know of, yes. I said, okay, that's that's unnerving now. And then she asked, um, I asked her who else was on the list, and she told me it was the Wisconsin governor, the Michigan governor, uh, Mitch McConnell, the Speaker of the House, I believe he is, um, a very senior person or an owner of a large mining company, um, a couple attorneys, and these two judges. The two judges are now deceased. One they think was natural causes a month or two ago, and then the other one was the murder. And I said, well, that's kind of unnerving. Why the hell is my name just a gun shop owner involved? And she said, well, if you Google your name, obviously you come up as a local gun shop owner and trainer. But then you also pop right behind it as running for a political office. And you've been pretty boisterous, I see, about, you know, um... 2a and stuff like that which is a great thing for me because i am a huge pro pro 2a supporter um oops sorry tuck and um but then when you know she's like they might think you're trying to go against that and i said that's dumb so she sent me a picture of him later on that day and i did recognize the gentleman from my days when i was a sergeant in the department of corrections so i i was in law enforcement 14 years in the department of corrections and and i recognized the gentleman and i said yep you know i recognize him doesn't really stand out in my head, but, yes, he was he was in our uh, facility. And that was it. Well, throughout the time, I'd given a couple more interviews to news media stations, you know, and that night it broke. I'm sorry, I only gave her the one. And then that night it broke locally, and I didn't know nothing about it. WQOW had it, and it was a pretty good report. Um, but then, so I get into reading some comments. And if you own a business or if you are running for public office, (laughs) you do not read comments. I learned this kind of when I got the business part going, which most people are okay and there's haters out there, that's fine. And then the political office thing kind of threw me for a loop because I started reading a few comments and people are like, well, he probably, you know, just put his name on the list, you know, just to get notoriety and he probably did this and, you know, Good on him, you know, hopefully he gets hit and all this stuff and I'm like, wow, you guys are really really don't like me for some reason I mean I'm not sure I'm a likable guy I mean if you get to know him anyway um, but otherwise I'm like, this is crazy I so I stopped reading them. I talked to one of my mentors who's uh, he's in the he's in Madison now running for public office again um, he's been there already and he told me he's like, Dan, don't take this stuff personally." And I'm like, okay, I won't. But I do thank you guys that listen to me and and follow me and and support me in my political adventure and my my business because usually the people like you guys would jump on there and they just berate these people. And I'm like, thank you very kindly. I do appreciate that. I didn't put anything really on my political page about it, but I did share it on my personal page just, and then I had to talk to my family. And my mom, my dad, you know, family, friends, my employees, we had to have a talk um, about if somebody comes in and starts asking for me and they look shady and stuff. Well, then Saturday we had a gentleman come into the shop. I was actually working um, all day Saturday and walks in with a backpack, real twitchy. Um, we Everybody went on alert right away and he wanted to rent a firearm. So this is right after I talked to the investigative reporter, she gave me more media. He did not look like he was probably in that aspect of life, as far as the names I received from her. Um, but he did look pretty, pretty messed up—not drunk or drugs or anything, just not there mentally. Um, so we talked to him. the The crew gave him the safety waivers and stuff, and he was kind of questioning those and and why he had to do them. And he brought some some ammo and. We asked if he shot before, and he said, yeah, he has. Um, we had no record of him at our shop, um, but he wanted to rent a firearm. Um, we told him that all we could rent him is a twenty two at the time, and he said he'd like something bigger. We said this is all we can do. So he's like, okay, that'll do. And that kind of set us off. Um, now, mind you, I'm, I'm on serious point now. I, I always run pretty alert, but... Um, Staff looked at me, and I was like, I'll take him in, show him how to operate everything. And the gentleman's like, well, you can just tell me, and I'll just go in and do it. And I'm like, nope, you know, this is how we do it. You know, we like you to have a good, safe feeling here and stuff, and and that's that. So I brought him in. Um, he wanted to keep his backpack close to him. I said no, he had to put that over on the counter. So he left that there. I showed him how to run the target retrieval system up and down, and he didn't really pay too much attention to it. Um, we got his gun sitting there and the ammo sitting there. And I said, okay, you know how to, how to use this? He's like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, okay, how do you drop the magazine? He's like, oh, and he started fumbling with it. And eventually he pushed the right button. If you, you know, there's three different things on there. If you push three of them, one's going to work. And it did come out and I'm like, okay, it doesn't look like you have a whole lot of experience on this stuff. And he's like, well, I know what I'm doing, you know, and I'm like, okay, no problem. So I let him in the lane. I ran the target down for him. And I'm like, okay, you can load up your firearm. And he looked, he's looking over his shoulder at me. And he's like, are you going to stay here the whole time? Yeah, that's kind of what I do, especially when you put us really not at ease. And he's like, well, I really would rather have you not just stand there. Hmm, okay. So my hand's kind of on my right side right on my belt line near my firearm. Um I told him to put the firearm down, his firearm down. I said, What's wrong with that? I can't stand here and watch you this is how I do it. Um, just so there isn't no accidents. And if you have any questions, I'm right here to help you, to assist you. He's like, Well, I just don't want you right there. So I told him to put everything on the table, the magazine and the ammunition. And uh I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. I go, a few years ago, one lane over, I watched a guy blow the top of his head off and bleed out on my floor with a firearm that he rented from me. I said, and he didn't look half as bad as what you look right now. I said, so if that's your plan today, you're going to have to do this somewhere else with somebody else's firearm. And no shit, the guy turned around, looked at me and said, so do you want me to leave? I said, yes, if you plan on taking your head off or shooting yourself somewhere in the body in my shop, I want you to leave. I go, you know what, better yet, I'm just going to tell you that you have to leave now. So I gave him his backpack as I took the firearm, escorted him out the shop. We gave him his driver's license back and and he left the shop. Um, But that was our day-to-day activity that was, let alone there's an active hit out on me that we didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge on. Um, so in the meantime, um, myself, Tara, we always run hot, which means we're always carrying. Um, you know, we, we notified a couple people that were close to us, um, you know, if something should happen, you know, some precautions to take and stuff. And just went on about our day. I did the parade in Thorpe on Sunday. Kind of made me realize, you know, it wasn't advertised, but still, it was there. Um, you know, running through my head was was like the Pope's deal, um, President Reagan. You know, most assassinations are done from the second or third row um, when people are shaking hands and stuff like that. So it was pretty unnerving as far as all that. But I didn't let it ruin my day at all, or anybody's day that's around me. Um, We walked with Sandra Schultz, who's running for uh, Kathy Bernier's seat. We walked with Jesse James, who's running for Kathy Bernier's seat. And um, we had a stilt walker and stuff. It was pretty fun. So that was a great time to a stressful couple days there. Um, Then then I did an interview, a couple interviews on Sunday, and then I did a couple interviews on Monday. Um, And actually, I had friends of mine calling me from all over the country and they saw the the news article on Fox News on Saturday. They saw it on, um, they heard it on CNN, I guess. I don't know why they were watching CNN. But then they heard it on Good Morning America as well. So that was pretty cool. I mean, sucks for the reason I made it, but it'd be nice just to be, you know, hey, this good guy that owns a gun shop, huge 2 A supporter, going to try to turn his county into a Second Amendment sanctuary. Um, along with the state of Wisconsin, we're going to push to be Second Amendment sanctuary. When we change governors is running for county sheriff not the guy running for county sheriff has an active hit put on him um that kind of unnerves everybody around you now personally for myself um two three weeks ago i had a hit put on me from some people down in chicago we talked a little bit about that for my views on the local school board um up in my original hometown of birchwood and how they handled the uh active shooter possibly incident um, and how crappy that was. And then last year I had a pretty good, um, death threat. The guy kept calling the shop, telling us how he was going to do it, when he was going to do it and stuff. So I contacted local law enforcement, the Halle PD guys, and then they notified, um, Milwaukee County, Milwaukee did their, uh, knock, knock system to the guy. Cause he did have a pretty violent history. Um, and the guy emailed me back and said, you didn't have to call the cops on me. I said, yeah, you, pretty made, you made it pretty clear that you were going to try to kill me. He's like, well, I didn't try yet. And I'm like, yeah, that's why the cops came. So um, he knew that we were serious, um, hadn't heard nothing from him, and that was just because of my, my political views and my stance with Ron Johnson um, on some stuff last year, and because I said that the January 6th, um huge terrorist attack that happened was not really a terrorist attack and most of it was staged by the other party and it just basically led people through and just wanted to get names and numbers and all that stuff so then my name comes up on this hit list so is is my life boring i think so um people that live with me and are near me think that i'm a little on the nutty side however i don't let it really change my day-to-day activity um i feel bad for the people that um, we're on the list that it does freak them out. Um, you know, myself, it's just, it's just what it is. Um, some of the news media outlets that talked to me were some, from some pretty big cities and they asked, you know, well, how did you feel when you, when you found out? And I couldn't just say, I was like, okay, I'm going to drink some beer tonight. You know, they're like, well, what, how'd you feel? And I was like, well, you know, I kind of felt unnerving and stuff, but, and they're like, so what do you do? You know, did you stay indoors? And I'm like, No, I carry a gun all the time. Law enforcement do their job. They'll come and investigate the situation. They asked, one outlet asked if I had police escorts. And I laughed and I said, no, that's not their job. If I wanted to hire personal protection people, then yes, I could do that on my own dime. But I am personal protection. You are your own personal protection. If you don't want to be a victim, then you have to be prepared on how to react. And that is starting by carrying a firearm, or at least just knowing what the hell's going on around you. We talked about the judge, how tragic it was with the loss of life. Being a judge, or a retired judge, or a retired district attorney, or anybody that puts criminals in jail, you are not their favorite person. Okay? You just are not. When that person gets out of jail, or their kid gets of age, or their wife or husband gets psyched, They're going to come after you because you ruined their life. That's how that goes. So I told the one, I said, everybody in that field should be carrying a firearm. I said, hell, nowadays we should have teachers trained to carry firearms if they want to and want to be trained. We would love to train every one of them as much as they wanted. And she's like, the lady kind of looked at me on the Zoom call, and she's like, Oh, that would that that's kind of a good idea, you know, uh, Mr. Marcon. I'm like, it's a great idea because law enforcement is not there to protect every individual in their community. They're there for deterrence and to write reports after the incident happens and then to go after the bad guy. As sad as it is, that's the way we live in today's society. Very seldom do officers respond to a walk into a robbery or walk into a home evasion or whatever. They're there to write reports after the incident happens and it's reported. God bless them, but there's not many of them out there, so they can't be there where everybody needs them at the same time. And I told them, I go, I'm 100% back in in the blue, back in the brown. They're doing the damnedest job on investigation as they can and releasing as much information to me as possible. Now, do I look at it a little deeper and say there's probably more people out there that this guy was working with? I think so, because that's just my mindset. Do I hope that he was working alone? Yes, I do. And I hope in the next couple of weeks, everything just kind of calms back to normal and this just blows over. However, usually these shitbags don't work alone. They have to have somebody there to drive them. There has to be a, a group. You don't kill one person and then try to commit suicide when you have nine more people on your list or however many there was. That's a list that the group has, and everybody has their directed hit. And afterwards, however they want to think it, they're supposed to kill themselves so there isn't no lead back to somebody else or whatever, then so be it. This is how that stuff usually operates. Not just, oh, well, one guy gets shot, he has a list of 12, and he's going to kill himself after the first one. Probably not. Now, is this guy the smartest person in the world? No. Why do I say that? Because he couldn't even off himself. He did a self-inflicted gunshot wound, and he didn't even finish that correctly. Some people say that's kind of morbid to say. But now we have to sit there, and who's going to pay for his hospital bills? Who's going to pay for him incarcerated if he gets out of the hospital and is reincarcerated? Us, as taxpayers. Just pull the plug. He was there. He knew he was the one that did it. Honestly, just go in there, kill the power, come back a couple hours later and get rid of the body. That's my personal belief. And, yes, I've been running for Chippewa County Sheriff. Do I think that way on that aspect of it? If that was your grandpa, your dad, your uncle, your mentor or whatever, how would you feel? I didn't know the judge. From what I understand, he was a great guy. A couple people I know lived next to him uh, years ago and said he was an awesome dude. Um, but why are we keeping this guy, this other guy alive? He's not going to say anything. It is what it is. He's not going to pay back the hospital for it. He's not going to pay for his incarceration again. He was incarcerated already. He, he gives two shits. So here we are as a society paying for a guy that actually killed somebody and has a violent history besides. So we're going to keep him alive for whether it's in a hospital or whatever. Again, that's my two cents. I know when Tara listens to this, she's going to be like, oh, my God, you can't say that. Running for office. Nope. You know what? If you don't want me in office because of my views like this, then don't vote for me. You probably aren't listening to this podcast anyway. So, again, zero fucks given. Just the way it is. Um, People ask me, well, are you going to still do your podcast? Are you still going to do your live feeds when you're a sheriff? Hell, yeah, I am. I'm still going to do them for Mark on. I'm still going to, I'm probably going to have one going for the sheriff's department. Just as, probably not quite as vocal, but just to let people know what's going on in the community. Because what I've been receiving is the local sheriffs do not get out there in the community. And they're always out there just blowing smoke up people's asses. Because they're a political figure. I'm getting in there and I'm doing it. If I get one term out of it, I'll be happier than a pig in mud. That's the way all these people should be going to Madison. That's the way they should be going to D.C. That's the way they should be going to their governor's spots, is get in there and make change that the people want. So first thing I want to do is try to get Chippewa County into the Second Amendment Sanctuary. Then I want to turn Chippewa County into the state and turn the state of Wisconsin into the Second Amendment Sanctuary. I've already talked to uh, three of the people running for governor, um, obviously not uh, Lord Evers, but the Republicans that are running for governor told them, I go, if I get in, I'm coming to your desk and telling you that Wisconsin needs to be a second amendment sanctuary, which means that if Uncle Joe is sitting up there and says, we got to get all the 30 round magazines. Well, he would say, we got to get the the 30 round clips and the AR 26s and nine millimeters that blow lungs out of people's chests is what he would say. And we have to confiscate them all or you have to turn them in, in the state of Wisconsin, That is illegal because you are not following the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of Wisconsin also says that we can keep and bear arms and protect ourselves. So you can kiss our ass. And then if the state of Wisconsin doesn't want to follow it up, the the Chippewa County Sheriff, i.e. if I'm in there, me, will tell him to kiss up my ass, along with the people of Chippewa County's asses. So that being said, that's why I'm running for sheriff. Not just on the Second Amendment, but if they also say, hey, in another two years when we have to go through this other crazy election that they're going to try to cheat again on and put whoever in there, because Joe won't even know his name by that time, then we have to get up there and vote. And there could be a monkey pox or chicken monkey pox or I don't know, something like that, a monkey messing a football up or whatever. But they say that we have to wear masks mask or you have to vote from home or you have to vote online or something like that. No, that stuff is illegal. You have to vote in person. We're sitting in the classroom, and the lights just went off. Kind of weird. Anyway, so so that's why I'm running for office, is because, no, Mark-On-Shooting isn't going to close down. The Sandbar is not going to close down. The church uh, that I go to, Grace Baptist, isn't going to ch- close down. The The local mom-and-pop grocery store is not going to close down, but Walmart can stay open. No, we're all staying open in the, in the county of Chippewa. There ain't going to be one officer on time wasted going in and saying, hey, you got to close down. Hey, you got to be six feet apart. Hey, you got to wear another mask. All that shit that doesn't matter, to me anyway, isn't going to happen. So that's where I'm at. Sorry, this was kind of a rant podcast. Hopefully you guys listen and share it. Um, That being said, I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, So it's going to be a good one. Um, Coming into summer, hopefully if you guys will see me out on the lake, I'm going to try to get on the lake at least once every couple weeks. Um, And uh, I'll have a driver, don't worry about that, but I do like to drink a beer or two. So we'll see you at one of the the bars, Sandbar, Heartbreakers, uh, Birch Lakes Resort up in Birchwood, uh, all those places up there that we like to visit. So stop and say hi. Um, Stop in and get a t-shirt. We have swag. We have can coolers here. We have uh, the Yeti coolers here for your cans and bottles. If that that's what you're into, um, we're giving away stuff. We have raffles going on all over here this summer. Um, you you come into a class, you could win a Yeti cooler, can cooler. That's like a 40 fifty dollar item. So there's going to be a lot of stuff happening at Markon. Besides food trucks happening, um, we are pumped about the food trucks, obviously, because you know I'm a fat ass, but I like I definitely like food trucks. This one's going to be the barbecue truck. We had the taco truck come in. So we're going to try to keep those coming at least once every week, every other week. So um, if you're in the area, stop by and say hi. All right, let's get ready to shut this baby down. Dear Lord, the creator of all things, thank you for another day of life, and thank you for all the love we have in our lives. Thank you for letting us wake up happy and healthy. Let our souls be at peace and our minds be sharp. Lord, just bless and watch over all those that are in harm's way. Um, I know you're on my back and you're with me. Just be on the people's back that are around me. Um, I did some shooting the other day, and I've still got it. So I'm good on that aspect. The people around me may need a little help. Put your hand in the insanity of this crazy nation. Bring it back to you, Lord. God knows we need it. In Jesus' name we say amen. Thanks, guys. Godspeed. God bless. Take care. Bye.